0: 2020 has been a rough year for the airline industry.
1: It's hard to overstate how devastating the impact has been for the airlines. You know, back in April, the demand for air travel was down like 96 percent. And it might not be back all the way for years.
0: Our colleague Allison Sider covers airlines. She says in response to the pandemic, most airlines went into crisis mode.
1: All airlines are pulling down a lot of flights. You know, they're running you know, maybe half of their normal schedule. Airlines are parking planes that they don't need right now to save money. A lot of airlines have had to start furloughing tens of thousands of workers.
0: But while most airlines are playing defense, there's one airline going on offense. Recently, Southwest Airlines decided that instead of pulling back, it's going to get bigger. It decided to launch a major expansion at a time when hardly anyone is flying. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Ryan Knudsen. It's Thursday, November 19th. Coming up on the show, Southwest's Big Bet. This episode is brought to you by Citizen M. There's no better feeling than finishing work for the day, sipping an ice-cold soda and nuzzling down into a Citizen M bed. Recharge your brain and batteries at Citizen M hotels. They're in the tech cities, Menlo Park, Miami, Austin, New York, San Francisco, where people like you work, sleep, and play. Book now at citizenm.com slash thejournal. Southwest is an airline that's pretty much always made money, even when it was a small carrier operating in just one state.
1: When Southwest got its start, it was all Texas airline. They basically, you know, they sketched out the original route map on a cocktail napkin. Three cities within Texas, Dallas, Houston, and San Antonio, the Texas Triangle. From there, they've really, over the next several decades, just become a national force. You know, in terms of number of passengers, they're they're the largest domestic carrier.
0: Because of the steady growth, Southwest has made a profit for 47 straight years. That's almost unheard of in the airline business. But that streak might be about to end. After a terrible spring, Southwest was counting on travel
1: to bounce back over the summer. They'd been sort of hoping there would be this summer rebound, that things would start to pick up and people would travel again. And for a little while, that seemed like it was the case. June saw bookings go up a lot. You know, the economy was starting to loosen up a little bit. Infection rates were falling.
0: But it didn't last. In July, COVID infections started rising again, and Southwest had to cancel flights in August and September. The airline was losing millions of dollars a day just to stay open.
1: You know, Southwest's daily cash burn rate was $12 million a day in the third quarter just to operate the airline which is actually lower than a lot of other airlines. They've trimmed that a little bit to $10 million a day, but it's still, you know, that's the big problem.
0: Southwest needed a new plan, and it came down to two executives, Adam DeCare and Andrew Watterson, to try and figure that plan out.
1: You know, they're kind of like the network nerds. They're the guys that kind of look at all, they call them the dots on the map, and sort of figure out like where Southwest should be flying
0: Adam and Andrew looked at all the dots on the map and tried to save money wherever they could, but they soon figured that wasn't going to be enough.
1: And Andrew told me they sort of realized there's really only so much you can do by cutting costs. You know, cutting costs is important, but it doesn't bring in any more revenue. And if you're not bringing in more revenue, you have to think about laying off workers and, you know, it gets pretty ugly pretty fast. So he started thinking, you know, what is the way that we could bring in more revenue?
0: So Adam and Andrew went hunting for new ways to make money. And they put their ideas into a presentation to pitch Gary Kelly, Southwest's CEO, at an important meeting in August.
1: So there's a quarterly meeting at Southwest. It's called Stump the Chump. The name, I guess, is a reference that sort of, it's um, a no-holds-barred kind of meeting where anything could be on the table. You know, Gary, the CEO, could ask any question. And it's really kind of a marathon, day-long meeting.
0: Who's the chump in that scenario?
1: Andrew Watterson says that he is the chump.
0: Because he's got all the knowledge about the dots. Yes. So what did Adam and Andrew pitch?
1: They look at it and they say, how can we put our people and our equipment to work generating revenue for us? Let's look at where there might be kind of low-hanging fruit, where there might be demand that we could go get a piece of you know, they describe it as, you know, focusing on breadth rather than depth. So instead of flying, you know, multiple flights a day into markets where they already know they're not filling the planes, the idea is to spread the planes over more cities so that even if those markets are also really depressed, there's new demand for Southwest potentially waiting for them.
0: Their proposal was that even though demand for air travel was still historically low, Southwest should start flying to new airports. It sounds like a risky thing to do, but Adam and Andrew knew that Southwest had made bets like this before.
1: And they started thinking back through the history of Southwest and what has worked for them in past downturns and, you know, sort of their history of being opportunistic and, you know, thinking about how they could do that again. Why
0: did they look to the history?
1: I mean, Southwest, throughout its history, it has taken advantage of downturns when it has been on stronger footing financially than some of its competitors.
0: Southwest moved into new cities after 9-11, and again after the financial crisis in 2009. Each time its competitors stumbled, Southwest would move in and scoop up gates and parking spots at new airports. That's how Southwest first got into Midway Airport in Chicago.
1: You know, they sort of got that position because another airline, uh, Midway Airlines, collapsed. And sort of the next day, a team of Southwest executives was there meeting with the mayor negotiating to take over that spot. And that has happened time and again throughout Southwest history. You know, Nashville is another big airport for them. And that was once a hub for American. And they pulled back and Southwest swooped in. So this is something they've done over and over again. And it was really successful for them.
0: So back to the present day, how did... Southwest's CEO, how did their boss react to their proposal to expand?
1: He saw an opportunity to do the same thing again, and he said it on the earnings call a few months later that he really is happy to be playing offense.
0: So with the CEO on board, Southwest got to work. Now, one of the biggest expansions in the company's history is starting to take shape. That's after the break. — It's been a few months since that stump the chump meeting in August, and Southwest has been busy. In that time, Southwest has already lined up deals to start flying out of ten new airports. Is ten a big
1: number? Ten is a very big number. In the time I've been covering the beat, I don't recall anyone like adding cities at this pace. In the last time I did anything on this scale, was you know, when they bought AirTran, which was in 2011, this is sort of the equivalent of, like, buying another airline and adding its network to your map.
0: In choosing new airports, Southwest's approach was to be opportunistic.
1: I think the overarching thing they told me they were looking for was cities that they thought would pay off really quickly. So anything that was sort of complex operationally or expensive, they said they were just, no.
0: In practice, that meant looking for airports serving popular vacation spots like Palm Springs and Steamboat Springs.
1: You know, going into ski towns, you know, I think there's a sense that skiing, you know, is an outdoor activity. That might be something people still do this winter, might be willing to fly. Miami is another one. The last couple of months, it seems like no airline can go wrong by adding more flights to the beach.
0: And Southwest snapped up the chance to expand its presence in business centers, too. Allison says that that's part of the logic to adding second airports in Houston and Chicago. It's also starting up flights in smaller cities like Jackson, Mississippi, and Savannah, Georgia. How is Southwest able to afford this, given how badly they and other airlines have been hit by the pandemic?
1: In a lot of ways, Southwest is in better shape than their rivals. Um, They came into this crisis with a lot less debt. They've had to take on billions of dollars of debt, just like every other airline. But because of their, you know, relatively strong balance sheet, they've been able to get better, more favorable terms on financing. You know, they haven't had to mortgage all of their planes or, you know, or their frequent flyer program, for example. So in a lot of ways, they have a lot more financial flexibility than some of their competitors.
0: Plus, launching at a new airport isn't as expensive as you might think.
1: You know, they said in a lot of cases, this doesn't involve a lot of startup costs, so they don't see it as a huge you know, financial risk to go start flights in a new city. You know, they don't have to build a new terminal or in some of these cases, they're not even really leasing gates. So, you know, I think from, in that sense, like they view the financial risk is somewhat limited. And if it doesn't work, you can just move the plane somewhere else.
0: So it's it's clear that Southwest has potentially a lot to gain here, but isn't this still a risky moment to be expanding? especially when you're an airline that's losing money.
1: You know, what Southwest is doing, you know, it's uncertain enough that other airlines have held off on making similar moves. For example, I spoke to JetBlue and they've said that they have so far, they think new cities might be a big part of their strategy going forward, but so far they've avoided them because they are just trying to get a handle on their costs and to focus on operating as best they can. So there is that element of it. But I think Southwest has said, you know, from their perspective, they see the bigger risk as just sort of waiting and underutilizing their assets and, and losing people and not having these same opportunities when things start to pick up again.
0: Still, Southwest's plan may not be enough to avoid losing some employees.
1: So Southwest is in, you know, pretty tense discussions with some of its unions right now. You know, it's told them... We're going to have to resort to furloughs for the first time ever if you don't accept pay cuts. You know, basically amounts to a 10 percent pay cut. And that's been very controversial among the unions and they're fighting it. You know, however, Southwest's explanation of its strategy is that they're adding cities in order to save jobs. Gary Kelly had a message to employees, a video memo last week, and he said, this is how we're going to save jobs.
0: We're adding cities to save jobs.
1: We're going to generate revenue and put more people to work. And this is going to position us for the long term.
0: What if tourism and, and business travel takes longer to bounce back than Southwest expects? Could this expansion plan backfire?
1: Yeah, it's definitely possible that demand will not rebound, you know, in the timeline that airlines are hoping for. It's still really unclear sort of when these vaccines will be ready and when they'll be widely distributed and, you know, when people will sort of feel comfortable enough traveling, you know, in the levels that they used to.
0: What will you be watching to see if this strategy works and how soon do you think we'll know?
1: I mean, I think one thing that will be really interesting to see is, you know, whether Southwest adds even more flights in some of these markets. They're going into O'Hare with an initial 20 flights a day and they're starting in February. I'll be really interested to see where they go from there. Do they end up exiting any markets? You know, if we see Southwest exit any of these new markets, I mean, that would obviously be very telling.
0: If Southwest pulls it off, though, and it does work out for them, how do you think this expansion will change the broader landscape of the airline industry?
1: You know, I think coming out of the pandemic, we could see a big realignment, you know, in the airline industry. we have got Southwest positioned to be a pretty strong competitor and a lot of other airlines that will be relatively weak, potentially for the next couple of years. So one of the things that we'll be looking to see is whether Southwest evolves to become more like some of these airlines it's been competing against for all these years or you know, whether it kind of keeps its sort of disruptive underdog sensibility.
0: That's all for today, Thursday, November 19th. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and the Wall Street Journal.